Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixels Podcast, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. I'm Will, that's Blake, and man, it, it's it been a while, so it, 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 has feels, been a while. it feels good to be back in the in the lab. It feels good studio. to be home. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> back, back to be home. In the so, studio. You make it sound so, so... Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Wearing pants. <laughs> That's our little secret. Um, I it would be cool. Uh you know how like the library has all that equipment? Yeah. I wonder if we yeah. could ever like do a like in person episode there or something sometime. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be fun. Um, or like a, a groupie episode. Any uh local NWAers? We can do a little <laughs> Little group chat, group app. Yeah, I wonder that would be funny if we had anybody that was actually in this area and we didn't even know. Um, We're like, we'll never do this again. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't come to our house. Uh, but no, yeah, I know. Uh, I know of one local guy because I was talking to him and he was like, "Yeah, I've been checking y'all's channel. Are y'all gonna do a?" Uh, which got me thinking about this. Now I shouldn't bring it up because now people are gonna hold us to it. But he's like, "Are you gonna do like a larger summary?" of like the first half of the campaign so far. I say half, but they meant like what had happened so far. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we've been thinking about like a bigger, like episodes one through 50 kind of summary, but you know, I don't know. So wait, this, so how'd you find out he was around from around here? I was talking to him in person. Oh yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I was talking to this guy in person and he, he was like, yeah, I seen your videos are you going to do any like more like bigger summary stuff? Cause I haven't been able to watch the campaign every week. Is this someone you already knew? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying like some oh, random yeah, no, on the street no. and I was like, what? Okay. I'll never be that big. Yeah, okay. I was like, hey, hey, you get over here. I was like, why didn't you tell me about this? I was like, okay. That, uh, makes, no, that no. makes a lot more sense. Yeah. yeah. And then he was like, please stop mentioning your YouTube channel to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to eat my lunch, man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, that that checks okay. out. But anyway, yeah, right now, yeah, okay. it would be it'd be fun to do like a, a an in person app sometime, you know, at the library or whatever. I don't. How did we even get here? I don't. I don't know. But it's this is this is the journey we go on every yeah. intro to our episodes. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's good to be back. Um, we had the uh, the off week for Critical Role, and which also happened. Actually, I don't have confidence in saying this, but I think it was also the off week for Worlds Beyond Number. So it's been a minute since uh, Blake and I have sat down to talk about anything. So it's good to see you, buddy. And um, I'm excited to dive back into some critical role here today. Um, but is there anything else before we go in proper that we need to mention? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think we, so. We have Guardians of the Galaxy coming out soon. We... This is a former Marvel channel, now full-time <laughs> D and D. So we'll we we need to do our discussion on that. Yeah, I really I would like to. Um, it comes out this weekend. Uh, it's probably the the most anticipated Marvel movie for me. <sighs> Maybe since like in game Infinity War. Um, the, yeah. the most recent Spider Man was pretty hype. Um, right. but the Guardians movies have been some of my favorite in right. all of the MCU. So I'm really 
excited and kind of nervous for the right. conclusion. Um, but yeah, so yeah. maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about that. I'm very excited for Secret War. Yeah, the Secret Wars. Well, there's an S there or not? <laughs> yeah, I think it's Wars. But now that you say that, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, some Marvel content we're looking forward to. We'll have to chat about it. But yeah. it's, I think we haven't talked much about it because you and I, we're just trying to avoid strife, you know? You and I have had different different perspectives on... I had some differing opinions. We still, I've, like, at some point... I've if... appreciated the movies that are really good, and you've <laughs> kind of liked the ones that weren't so good. No, that's, so. Not, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> maybe if we do talk about Guardians, maybe we could have, like, a mini, like, all right. of the things we haven't talked about so far quick recap catch up segment or something we can be like the last time we saw these characters were in the amazing thor movie oh god starred christian bale so please no um (laughs) but yeah Uh, oh one other quick thing is um soon i don't know when though but that the uh, matt mercer led dimension 20 campaign is starting um which um we're excited for so um right but yeah, other than that, I think that's all we got. We uh, obviously have Critical Role coming down the pipeline still and uh, Worlds Beyond Number, if you haven't been checking that out. Uh, again, we would highly recommend. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, without further ado, let's jump into the the business here. Um, if you're new to us, what we like to do before we dive into our discussion of Critical Role is recap the episode to get everybody back on the same page especially for an episode like this where we've had the off week in between it's nice to just kind of get things back up to speed right um and so we cut that recap out and host it separately on youtube for your viewing convenience so if you find yourself on that video and want to see our full discussion on the episode it will be linked down in the description below so without further ado i will tackle the first half today of critical role campaign three episode 56 by goat or by boat So story of my life. <laughs> we pick up with the crew having just acquired their riding goats and they are setting off on this trek to Malayas Mir. Um, it's a bit of a journey. So per usual with travel segments, this campaign, Matt is basically having one of the cast members roll for each day of travel. Um, day one, Deanna rolls and it's a good day. No, <clears throat> no delays or anything. Day two, FCG rolls, and it's a bit of a harder day's travel, but once again, there's not really anything big that happens. No big delays. Um, Frida rolls for day three, and uh, this is when things start to get a little dicey. Um, He rolls poorly. I don't remember the exact number, but um, they basically run into a blizzard, start snowing, their vision gets obscured, and they end up losing a day of travel. Because of this, they must also make constitution saves, and Chetney and Imogen end up taking two points of exhaustion from failing this save. Um, the next day, Imogen rolls and rolls a natural one, yeah. and <laughs> she just can't catch a break. And basically, as they're traveling, they come across these like <clears throat> mountain giants that are hurling essentially like these big pieces of ice or snowballs at them. One of them hits FCG and actually, you know knocks him off his uh, goat and they decide not to like just stop and fight. They're just going to kind of keep running and see if they can just get away. Uh, So one of the giants like starts trying to chase them and the other one is still hurling snowballs. Uh, Imogen uses her telekinesis to kind of like catch a snowball and throw it back. And they're basically beating up on one of the two giants, the one that's chasing them. And it eventually comes to a conclusion when they start like sliding down this mountain uh, of snow to get away 
and the Giants basically just give up, especially after the one just keeps getting beat down by them. So they kind of like slide all the way down to this mountain, and at the bottom there is this river, which is kind of one of the ways they could take to get to Malayasmir. So they basically kind of sit there and try to decide what they want to do. Are we going to take the river? What are we going to do with the goats? Should we just keep traveling on the land? And after much deliberation, they decide that they're going to try to make a boat, uh, a goat boat. <laughs> and they're like, that way we can bring the goats with us on the raft. And <laughs> so they, you know, cut down trees, make a raft and end up with this 10 by 10 vessel. And this is kind of like a long like segment of them figuring this out. And Matt like keeps hinting that like, hey, these goats are big. They're yeah. riding goats. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're like, they eventually realize like we cannot fit all of these goats with us on this raft. And so they're still trying to decide like, okay, well, what do we do? Surely we could just leave them here, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe let's just yeah. leave them here. And as yeah. they're like discussing this, Deanna just decides to murder one. Yeah. <laughs> just full on slits its throat. <laughs> just cuts it down and Chetney just comes in and starts like harvesting the organs and the meat. And um, it, it's, it was kind of like a dark, but hilarious, but brutal <laughs> moment. Um, and, you know, they essentially kill Jerry, which is the name of the goat. Um, <laughs> yeah, they took it out. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I skipped ahead one thing really quick. So let me go back. So the night they, they come to the river, they're figuring all this out. They then actually go to sleep for the night. Uh, before this discussion continues in the morning. But before they go to sleep, um, FCG casts the commune spell for the very first time, yeah. which uh, the way this works is uh, FCG is essentially allowed to ask three yes or no questions. So the first of which he asks to the change bringer is, are you real? And it's not as if like the change bringer, like, you know, walkie talkies into yeah, FCG's right. head to answer. Yes. No. Matt describes yeah. it. These different ways that these yeses and no's come to them. Um, so for the purposes of are you real, Matt describes like the wind whipping past almost like tendrils of hair um, stretching out to the horizon, like impossibly far. And like there in the distance, he can kind of see this figure that resembles the change bringer. And he takes this to be a yes to his question. Uh, so the next one he asks is, have you been watching me? So the wind then kind of tears the change bringer coin that he has in his chest out and it lands heads up. Um <clears throat> And FCG is like, you know, thank you. You've, you've helped me a lot already. And so the final question then is, do you need help? And there's this long pause on the horizon and the tendrils of hair like dance around FCG. And then he can see the figure again, impossibly far kind of lift up and like get obscured back into the sky. But he can also see all these other figures that they're returning to. Um, and there's this emotion that is not quite fear, um, but it's a cold emotion that confirms, yes, she does need help. Um, and then the three questions being gone, the kind of figure disappears. Um, <clears throat> then with the final, uh, oh, excuse me. Um, then before bed that night, uh, the crew is like, Imogen, should you reach out to Laudna in your dream tonight? Just see if you can contact her. Uh, but given what happened last time when she tried to do the dream walking after the solstice, she was like, uh, maybe we shouldn't, especially with the exhaustion that I have. So let's let's not do it tonight. So the party makes their night watches, gets their rest, and Imogen and Chet clear one point of exhaustion. Okay, then the next morning, they're having this deliberation, and that's when the yeah. goat murder happens. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> 
And so the other goats are freaked out. There's this great moment where Fern speaks with animals with one of her goats and is like, you know, what do you want to do? And he's like really freaked out. Like what happened to Jerry? Um, so (laughs) Fern basically tells them, Hey, all right, you guys stay here in this cove until we get back. Um, there's plenty of meat for you. Just, you know, eat Jerry. And some of them like already have started eating him. So with that being decided, finally, they get on the boat that they made and they start traveling through the river. Um, there's just a bit of a little travel montage here. Um, there's a bit of a discussion about Chetney and lycanthropy and the fact that he bit Frida. And this is the first time that Chetney is finding that out. And they're like, oh, what the heck? Like, is he going to turn? And they don't. Frida doesn't show any signs being worse for the wear, but they won't really know until the next full moon. Because that's when, if he was infected, that's when something would happen if it was going to. Um so Fern rolls for the day's travel and rolls poorly. Uh, Matt describes the Savalier wood kind of like coming to life and all these creepy noises that they can hear as night falls and they can hear something heavy kind of like crack in the distance as it moves. Um, so Imogen casts dancing light to get a better look at things and they can see these little fairy creatures kind of dancing around something much bigger, kind of like flies surrounding a, ho- uh, a cow or a horse. Um, as they get closer, they can see this like this bog mound type of creature covered in moss and vines with this giant eye stalk that emerges and stares at them. And uh, Imogen moves the lights closer to try and blind it, but as she does, the shape just vanishes. And the next thing they know, it's like bursting through the water, coming straight toward them. And uh, that's where we go to break. Yeah, so coming back from break, we actually go straight into combat with this creature that Matt calls a bog wretch. Uh, And the mini actually looks like a large toad-like creature with tentacles and eye stalks, like, on top of it. Uh, I guess, you know, your typical creature of nightmares. Uh, (laughs) So they are fighting against this bog wretch and these floating pixies that are uh, helping it. And typically what we do in combat, we just cover the high points. Um, There's going to be a couple of things that happen. Uh, One, most notably, the pixies are all about crowd control um so they're going to cast confusion on fern uh to which sam's going to say jokes on you uh fern's always confused um so she staves that off um they also uh cast uh polymorph on uh, imogen who fails the wisdom save and turns into a fox um and then separate from that the bog wretch is actually going to with its long curling tongue, uh, grab Frida and begin to pull Frida towards its maw. Um, uh, Deanna's going to do control water to create a sort of tidal surge of water that's going to hit the pixies and break the polymorph almost immediately on Imogen. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, we do find that Frida does in fact get swallowed whole into this cavity of darkness within the creature uh in in which the stomach acids begin to digest um frida fortunately the party does quite a bit of uh heavy hits against the bog wretch we have inflict wounds uh, we have a massive uh nat 20 from chetney as well and the bog wretch actually ends up vomiting frida out of its stomach uh and then deciding to uh make its escape uh, into the water uh, to which Fern is going to um, cast uh, entangling roots to essentially keep it in place. Um, another round goes by. 
and they ultimately end up, uh, I think Chetney casts Shatter, which I didn't realize he had. Um, and it's going to cause a nearby tree to shatter and impale the bog wretch, killing it. Uh, and I think the pixies like run away and they're like, forget this, we're out of here. Yeah. Uh, and then Deanna remembering that, you know, revivifies out, resurrections out. Deanna very quickly casts, um, cure wounds on, um, everybody, uh, to get everybody topped up. Uh, so the journey continues, um, there's more jokes about uh, Aormatons having a death wish because uh, Frida was, you know, so quick to jump into battle. And I, even after the, after getting digested was like, yeah, that was pretty fun. <laughs> um, uh, to which Deanna's like, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you like this? Um, and ultimately they, they travel deeper into the Savalier Woods tier towards uh, Melesmere. They're not quite sure where they're going to go. And so Fern actually dips underwater and does speak with animals on this oily black catfish-like creature. It has no eyes, and this is like pristine voice acting from Matt. Yes, it's very so much good. blurble, blurble kind of answers. <laughs> I was blown away. Um, but basically, the fish is like uh, Fern's like, "Hey, are there any? Is there anything we need to worry about?" And the fish says, basically, describes something called the Wolf King. Uh, which the party's like, well, what's the Wolf King? And Chetney naturally is like, ah, my reputation precedes me. Uh, but then they start talking about like, hey, weren't you bit by somebody? And he's like, well, I killed that person. But they're also kind of like, but could it be that person? Or did you bite someone else? Or So it's kind of unclear. But Chetney's not sure who the Wolf King could be. Also, they do get confirmation that there's no waterfalls coming up, which they were worried about. Because uh, it's a very like murky, cryptic, um, kind of swampy area. And in fact, on another days of travel, um, the party's going to get hit by this creeping black fog that rolls over the raft. Um, most of them are going to avoid it. However, uh, I think it's Imogen and FCG? Imogen and Fern? I don't actually remember who gets hit by it. Um, I think it might have been Deanna. Deanna? Okay. Okay. Well, they take a point of exhaustion uh, and they they lose their... Actually, yeah, you're right. Uh, Fern was definitely one of them. Um, no, they both do because Deanna says, you know, Matt, you know I don't have much health anyway, right? And mm -hmm. Matt's like, now you have even lower <laughs> because they take the point of exhaustion, but they also lose five maximum hit points. Uh, and then Fern's like, is this forever? Or and Matt's <laughs> like, who you knows? Know. Um, and Deanna is going to try to cast uh, Disenchant, I think for maybe one of the... For either, I think on Fern and Matt explains that this is a curse and not an actual magical effects. Um, there is some more conversation that happens. Uh, uh, Deanna asks Frida if, if Frida's worried about maybe becoming a werewolf or like what's going to happen. And, um, you know, Frida's like, you know, I kind of like the feeling of being scared. Um, but then asks Deanna, like, hey, how do you, how do you pray? And it's kind of this interesting point, you know, keeping in mind that that Frida was kind of like the most agnostic one of the pair um, ends up saying a prayer to the Dawn father, just asking for safety for the group and especially for Deanna and FCG. Um, continuing on with the journey, they make their way to Melesmir. Um, this, this large city as Matt describes it with these hulking towers and an enormous amount of, of, trees that have sort of crept over and covered the path. 
um, as they're entering through the riverboat. Uh, and they also see an enormous amount of old bodies, uh, corpses throughout the city. Um, and they're looking for the Guild Hollow Tower. And on the way, um, they keep hearing this creeping noise. Um, Imogen's going to cast um, her... Uh, it, it was her red spiritual uh, summon, right? Is what she was bringing up? Yeah, I think it, which I think is a Raylora, presumably. That's what I, yeah, that's what I thought too, right? Yeah. Um, and essentially summons summons it with a distant sorcery point um, uh, pretty far out, and it's immediately destroyed by this hulking elk-like 10-foot-tall abomination is the best way I can describe it because Matt describes this elk-like creature with faceless features and like spidery tendrils for legs. Um, just very terrifying. It was like Dark Souls um, boss. Basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, immediately there is a pass without a trace cast on the group and they begin sneaking their way um, through the city, ultimately trying to avoid um, trying to avoid this large elk-like creature, but also whatever else could be in the town. Uh, and that's essentially where the episode ends, them in search of the Guild Hollow Tower. Um, and that ends episode 56, by goats or by boats. Or by boats or by goats. But <laughs> anyway, full discussion in the comments or in the description below, um, which let's jump into it. Will, my friend, uh, almost two weeks ago, yeah. what do you think of the episode? Um, I, I liked it. It was, uh, it, I was laughing like the whole episode, really. There was a lot of really fun yeah. moments. Um, there was and, definitely some like key D and D table type of moments. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I just slid his throat. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. I want to specifically talk more about that moment too, but yeah. Uh, I just thought it was a really fun episode. Like you said, kind of like classic D and D, um, and um, we kind of just got there at the end, but I'm really excited to see Malaya Smear and like what this is going to lead to. This is a place that, uh, you know, I've been wanting that, that has been at least mentioned um, dating back years in in mm -hmm. the Critical Role canon. So it's cool to finally, you know, get to dive into it. So, uh, yeah. What about you? Yeah, I thought it was great. I had a good time. It was a fun episode. Um like I said a second ago, a lot of just like key um, what what you the havoc you see at your table um, definitely happened in this episode. Uh, and the players obviously had a great time too because when the episode ended, they were like, "Can we not just keep playing?" And yeah, that was kind of like, yeah, I was like, "Uh, no." We got <laughs> to fly to Florida for the yeah we're done. clash. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I liked the episode. It was fun. Um, some good character development, some good intrigue, you know, with the Wolf King. And uh, yeah, just a fun app. Yeah. So for sure. And um, the good, the good thing that I like about um, re recording this a little bit uh, like late, if you will, is that we just have tomorrow for the next one. Right. So like, I'm really excited because I, I, I had a, uh, I watched the first half of this most recent episode live, but then I didn't get the chance to finish it until um, a few days ago. So uh, <clears throat> it's uh, I'm glad we get to like have this right now to like right. refresh everything before the new episode tomorrow. Um, 
but yeah, well, not, I don't want to spend too much time on this because we've we've talked about it a lot, and it's we're kind of don't want to get lost in it again. But one thing that I thought was interesting on the on the meta level of the conversation here of um, the groups being split and like what the recording schedule has been, uh, I thought it was interesting that clearly this one was recorded the weekend of the fight, um, which. Yeah, because Marisha wasn't there for the yeah, she wasn't there, and I and I don't quote me on this, but I think that might be the first time she's ever not been there for, uh, like at least like she's been she's not been in episodes before, but right. I think she's like always been there, um, yeah. either during the intro or during the break or something. Anyway, beside the point, um, <clears throat> but I just thought it was you know interesting to try you know try to kind of parse how they're they're doing this scheduling with with everything that's going on, and it seems like. You know, obviously this one was right before the fight, but it seemed like, uh, and it's been so long since I watched the first half, I can't remember why I thought this, um, but it seemed like this episode, they maybe had, it had been a little bit for when they came back and played this episode compared to when they left off. So it felt like to me that maybe those, the first four or whatever with this group maybe were recorded like really quick in succession. And then there was a little bit of a break for whatever reason. And then they did this one right before the fight. Um, don't, don't, you know, don't, don't really have too much to say further than that, but just <laughs> since it's something we've been speculating on for the past few weeks, I just thought it was, was interesting. Yeah. And we talked last time about like, could they have also already recorded the other party? Um, which I think the answer is still yes. And I think, you know, for a show that goes, I mean, now we're, you know, a year plus on this campaign. Um, yeah. Giving the cast some time off. I mean, there's definitely some, some opportunity for some summer vacations without going off, off production, I guess. So. Yeah. And we do have confirmation. Um, I don't remember where the, the clip was from. Cause again, it's been a minute since I watched it, but I believe Ness shared it in our discord of Matt. Uh, confirming that the other half of the group would also have guest players. Um, so right. it'll be really interesting to see if, you know, we get as many episodes with that group as we did this one, because if so, I mean, who? it could be a while before we get back to everyone being at the table. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, and I, there's been a lot of conversation and criticism around this and, I think, like I said, last time we chatted, I, I've just kind of come to terms with it. You know, I'm just like, this is, this is, I, yeah. I this is what it is. Um, you know, and it's, I miss the other group and I miss everybody together, but I'm just, I've kind of just let it go and I'm just enjoying it for what it is. Um, yes. Yeah. Yesterday, <laughs> the episode two weeks ago was, a, it was a great episode. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, but, but yeah, separate from that, I definitely miss everybody else. Yeah. Of course. And I'll leave it at that because we've we've talked about that ad nauseum at this point. But I did want to just touch on it really quick before we dove into the episode, um, which let's do that now. Um, <clears throat> there's a few different things to that I wanted to talk about here. Um, I guess just it's just fresh on my mind. This goat moment. Yeah, I was I was like <laughs> I was like dying laughing during just that whole that whole sequence. And even though it was like hilarious and I was laughing, it was also kind of horrifying. Like, yeah. you know, like I, what were your thoughts on it? Like, I was so surprised that she did that. And um, like, I felt like Imogen's reaction, AKA Laura's was like very valid. And like when they got on the boat later, she was like, I sit as far away 
as possible from Deanna and like I I, I kind of felt like it was an Abria moment more than more than a Deanna moment. More than a Deanna moment. Um, which this isn't a take anything away from Abria. Abria is amazing. I think she plays her characters very well. Um, but for me, I just read it as just like a fun moment and not, I mean, it could be, she could, after the fact, build it something interesting into her character. Um, you know, I mean, there might be something that maybe there is a darker side there that is kind of untapped or untalked about. Um, but for me, I just, I just thought it was, I did think it was hilarious, very out of character for Deanna, um, or in intention with what we've seen from her so far and presumably also why Imogen was like, Hey, we could just leave them. We could just yeah. leave them here. It's their habitat. You know, we don't, <laughs> don't have, have to... to murder them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, oh. I'm with you. Um, I, I, I clearly think it was a, a, was an impromptu moment. Um, you know, not saying she did it just for laughs necessarily, but obviously it was like a really funny kind of moment just to do in the, in the spur and the heat of the moment. Um, and so I do, I do think that's what it was, but since we have that now, and like you said, Abria yeah. is such a good player. I'm wondering if there yes. will, there will be kind of like some meat put onto the bones. If yeah. You will. Um, yeah. Because one thing that's interesting is that. I feel like our just... analogies are always so. <laughs> you can't put meat back on a bone. Well, you know. And yet, and yet the expression makes so much sense. You know, plus meat kind of works, kind of punny given the the context. Anyway, um, just Deanna is such an interesting character just in general. Like there's definitely some depth there that we haven't yeah. really gotten to with this whole like was dead, has been brought back. And so has this like intimate, for lack of a better word, I don't mean like romantic, but like intimate connection with the Dawnfather yet is like not that religious, you yeah. know? And whose best friend is oddly uh, agnostic mm-hmm. in, in the sense of they're, they're a tandem pair that, um, you know, Frida has very different perceptions on the deities than we, we would maybe assume Deanna has. But yet, like you pointed out, Deanna doesn't seem quite that religious. Yeah. So, like, I think there's a lot, there's a lot under the surface there, plus just the whole you know, character depth from being dead and coming back and your whole life having passed by you in, in, in the sense of all your loved ones and your family, your children are grown. Like she's kind of like a plucked out of time. And yeah, um, I guess, I guess if we can like break down the phrasing a little bit, like I, I, I know exactly what you mean when you say she's not that religious, but also like, I wonder like, what would we, I think, I, I guess I compare it to a character like Pike who I didn't quite, get to experience outside of legend of Vox Machina, like what were some, I mean, same deity, what were some differences in how Ashley played her character where we would call, I mean, would we call Pike more religious than Deanna or? Yeah, uh, certainly. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm ready to say like Pike is like an ultra zealot or anything, but definitely compared to (laughs) Deanna, you know, she just doesn't like, you know, She doesn't seem to have a very like personal relationship with the Don father for being like a full blown, like, you know, cleric of him or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Um, And again, not that you have to have like a personal relationship, but she just is very on the other side completely. And it's a bit of a foil even to FCG 
who yeah yeah who i would say does seem rather religious and maybe this is if you guys listen maybe this is the wrong word i don't know what word is what we mean to say maybe it's either religious or it's not but um fcg does seem to have a very genuine intentional connection with the change bringer and we haven't yet seen that relationship in the same way with um in fact i think about when frida asks deanna how do you pray and the immediate reaction isn't confidence it isn't yeah this is it's it's anxiety and nervousness it's uh like oh um you know and so i i think you're i think you're spot on there and it does make me wonder kind of like you're saying is there a depth there that hasn't yet been explored with her character yeah i i think so and to pair with that we know that her and chetney have have this had this fling in the past and are kind of having you know some chemistry now mm-hmm. um which you know I, i'm not trying to to get too in the in the weeds it's not a, i i doubt um abria and travis like you know mapped out the full charlie day like intricacies of their okay. past relationship um but it is interesting to think that like Chetney's kind of crazy, you know, like what did she see in him and like what, what kind of was that relationship like? And so her like just murdering that goat was very Chetney. And so I'm wondering, is it like, yeah, is that what he brings out of her? Do they kind of bring out this like chaos with each other? Like, like would she have done that uh, if Chetney wasn't here? You know? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like Ron and Tammy. Tammy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think it's a great insight. Yeah. Is yeah, I mean, not to just say exactly what you just said, but it it does there is a vibe like that. And actually, I wouldn't put it against I wouldn't say it's unreasonable that they wouldn't have talked about it because we know another CR show, Calamity, Abria talked after the fact about her how her Lou Wilson and um why did I just think Padme? What? That's <laughs> uh, you're thinking Patia. Patricia, Which was her yeah. character's name, right? <laughs> yeah, Marisha, Marisha's yeah. character. Um, how they met and talked about, like, you know, our character and what have they done. And uh, there was even, like, some pretty interesting lore discussion on, like, some pretty unethical decisions they had made um, where, which even made the show Calamity all that more meaningful. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't potentially get, have a conversation and say, like, yeah, let's flesh this out a little bit. Let's see how we can, you know, explore yeah. this a bit more. Well, I I bet they did. I just meant that like I doubt that like her murdering the animal was like yeah, a yeah. let's let's like when we get together, like I'm gonna do crazy stuff. Like I just I don't think it was to that level, but we'll go uh, full blown wild card. <laughs> Travis is like, this is a little bit different from what I meant. I cut the brakes. Yeah. Though Jenny jumped in and started harvesting the organs like immediately. <laughs> he did. He just went with it. You guys are quite the duo. <laughs> so yeah, that wow. it was an interesting moment. And um I I would love to hear y'all's thoughts in the comments about if you were thought it was funny or you were just starkly horrified. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, just such a such a hilarious moment all around, especially with Matt, you know, playing the other goat. <laughs> when fern yeah. spoke with animals that was just that was just peak D D for me yeah, i love the yeah we we had two great voices we had this goat who immediately asks where's jerry in a very <laughs> goat-like goat-like voice and then the fish the fish was just prime matt mercer accent so that that fish was amazing um yeah it was so fishy and yet 
understandable. Yeah. So. And he had like the, the alien like head yeah. within his head situation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good times. All right. So I wanted to get the, the goat stuff out of the way. Um, all right. There's, um, there's a couple things I'm just bouncing around here. You know, you know, the drill obviously by now, Yeah. but you know, feel free to rein me in or course correct anywhere, but there's some Chetney stuff I just wanted to talk about in general. Um, <clears throat> really quick off the top is we have how Travis rolls a D 100 every morning to see if he dies in his sleep. I had forgotten that was a thing. I did until, too. Until they brought well, attention to it. Until they told him, did you roll your D 100? Yeah. Which I, I, <laughs> I can't I mean, parse this. Is this just a bit? You know, I yeah. mean, it seems like it's a bit, but he actually is rolling. And I feel like I've noticed him roll that a lot, like even when they haven't called attention to it. So, like, I'm wondering, is that like a real thing? Is it a bit? Is it something else that he said that's what it is? But, you know, it's yeah. actually something with the werewolf or something. I don't know. I just was going to pick your brain about I it. I always thought it was a bit. Uh, even when people were like, we're egging him, not egging him on, but just being like, Hey, did you roll your dice today? Um, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, this is something I feel like Travis would absolutely do is just like either a, all right, character's dead. <laughs> you know, here's the next one or B it's, it is, it is something else knowing how closely he keeps, he likes to keep details to his chest. Yeah. I could definitely see it being something else though. What though, would it be another you know, outbreak of like the wolven form or would it be, could it even be even something else? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't either. And I feel like it could easily, easily be either. Like, I don't feel like it's more one or the other. Like it could just be the D 100 because he's old and he dies. Like I could totally see that. (laughs) What's crazy. There's no resurrections right now. So if that's really what it is and he just happened to die, like see ya, I guess like, I don't know. Um, they could, he could, uh, FCG could cast if it works, spare the dying, not spare the dying, um, gentle repose to at least keep his body, you know, like around his corpse and hopefully magic comes back online (laughs) until it starts working again, you know? So don't mind the body. (laughs) What if it never came back? That would be crazy. Do you think Matt would want to go that? Because we've already had like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I uh, clearly they're creating something here, you know. So yeah, and this this probably isn't the video for the discussion on it, but you know what's interesting with this solstice and the whole world breaking, world schism changing experience that we may be having here is that in the recent um, announcement they did, they talked about how they're developing not one but two systems. Um, yeah. So. I don't see it. I don't see them system changing mid campaign, but like I would put my money on the fact that campaign four will not be five E it'll be the system they're making. Um, which it's just interesting to think about how maybe that all plays in to what's happening here as far as, you know, could magic never come back online? I think it will obviously, but it may be different. Um, but yeah. And, uh, speaking of uh, not, not to get too deep here, but, um, because magic's offline and this is, I think this is something we talked about in the last episode with, with the Raven queen, um, and, you know, Vax being an orb and who knows what happened to him right now. Um, 
people can't be rezzed. Can people even go to the afterlife? You know, like, are their souls, their souls seemingly aren't being ferried. We don't know how, like, the mechanics of the different afterlives work in this world. Um, but, you know, we know, like, for example, the people and things and animals in Malaysmere, like, don't pass on. Like, their spirits, like, linger and are, like, transformed and whatever. Um, so just an added layer of kind of sadness to Jerry is that he didn't go to goat heaven. <laughs> He's just well, let's be honest, there's probably not goat heaven will. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I hope there is. Keep, but if guys, there is, he's I'm not there. Because my dog will be in heaven with me, okay? Along with Friolito, my little hamster that was given to me by my students. Beans, was that his name? That was your name. Uh, or, well, my name my name is Benz. Well, I thanks. It, I know your name. Yeah. But I just thought that they, <laughs> they maybe called you that because it sounded like it. Little Beans was his name. Well, okay. Friolito was his name. Oh, that's right. That's right. I love you, little guy. I knew him, too. Not like time. I did. Oh, yeah. Not Fair like enough. I did. So. He was my roommate for a little bit. It's true. <clears throat> it's true. Um, but yeah, okay. So, the D100 thing with Chet. Um, then, when they were having the whole discussion with Frida and... Um, you know, when, when they, when Chet found out that he, that he bit Frida and everything. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Which they, I'm surprised they hadn't talked about until this moment. Yeah. Me I, too. I they would have, but it makes sense. Which <clears throat> I, I asked this during, I got, and I think I was in, in the discord chatting with whoever was live watching at the time. I was like, did we ever get a definitive answer on like, if something was happening there or not? I think we were intentionally like, it's intentionally vague. Because we knew Christian made some sort of role, I think. Right. But like, I don't, I never went back and checked. So I didn't do my due diligence here. But I couldn't remember if like we knew what he rolled or if he kept that close to the chest or, you know, if we had any inclination of what the outcome of that was. Um, But it feels like, especially given what then happens in this episode, it feels like we we don't know still. Right. Um, So. One, just interested to see there. But when this conversation is brought up, you know, they're everyone's asking Chet and he's like, well, what happens? Like, have you done this before? Like, what if you've turned other people? And he's like, no, I haven't. They're all dead. <laughs> so I don't know that that line just stuck out to me, which um, not not that there's necessarily anything there. But uh, given, you know, Chetney's attack on that store clerk earlier in the campaign and just his kind of general chaos demon. Um, I'm wondering how many people he's potentially killed and like, was that just a, like, did he bite somebody and then kill them because he knew like mm. he would get in trouble if he turned anybody or it was, it was it more of just a, yeah. Like the encounters I've had, like even the fights in campaign three so far, like he's killed people. They all have technically like, maybe that's just what he meant, but I was curious if there was potentially layers there of like, Oh yeah, I've been a, couple people but like i took care of it don't worry i think jenny's unreliable and definitely like you know he didn't even know he bit frida so how could he know who else he's yeah and yeah good point i mean imogen basically said as much like well how do you know like how can you be sure you know and and I, i think that's a fair plot point of like you have this person who is supposed to not <laughs> bite anybody 
but seems sure that they haven't, and yet didn't even know the person they were traveling with days after the fact didn't know, <laughs> oh, I, I bit you? Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, and also doesn't seem too bothered by the fact that he bit him. It was more like, oh, well, you yeah. know, I mean, so I don't know. I, I don't trust Chetney. I would not be surprised if he has bit other people. Um, and if that might, you know, we've had the reference of that one group that would like, um, hunt him down if they may even make an appearance at some point. So, yeah, I mean, if Frida is bit, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like they're doing anything to, to cure them. So like, if that is true and that does happen, then that group will be after him. Right. I mean, right. Now that would be interesting. Speaking of Chetney, what do you think's going on with this Wolf King? I don't know. That was interesting because this is where he was bit yeah. originally, but he claims to have killed the wolf that bit him. Um, again, he's an unreliable narrator, so we don't know if that's true. Um, do you do you think there's any chance it is him? I don't think so. Um, no. But the crown tattoo is a very interesting coincidence i think yeah that's true but i I don't think it's him for the record but i have kind of been of the the mindset that rta might stand for something else um right it probably doesn't but um it's just an added layer to that that interesting mystery there uh but yeah i don't know i mean could it be that he doesn't remember something about the savalier woods that and maybe that's maybe the tattoo, you know, Brendan Lee Mulligan loves to do like the whole memory, you know, this was actually happening. You didn't know this. It's less with Matt, <clears throat> but I think it'd be interesting if he got that tattoo and, you know, misremembered what it was for. Like, yeah, res- respect the alpha. And it was actually something else. Um, Cause he also, and I don't know if this was intentional as a joke and again, another bit, or if it was something incredibly subtle, he's odd for someone having been here, oddly unreliable for informing the party about certain dangers. And yeah. he's not a very good tour guide, you know, <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> you know, it's like after the miasma hit, I was like, Oh yeah, I watched the miasma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, very true. I'm just saying, you would you would kind of expect. I mean, this is where he he hid out when he escaped the glass blades. You would assume he would have kind of a jungle expertise, for lack of a better word. Um, and yet he's fairly quiet. So I, I just wonder if that's a subtle detail, like a subtle hint, um, or if it's just you know, like I said, just just silliness. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, but that, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I don't know it. I, I, the fact that like there is an entity called the Wolf King and it's like that infamous in a place like the Savalier would definitely like, is this the first ever werewolf? Like uh, probably not. Cause I don't think they have like unnaturally long age, but again, we're in this place where things die and don't pass on. Like right. maybe there's something weird going on. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that, I don't know, I, I don't know if I hope they run into him, actually. I don't know. I'm very curious. I feel like it's, I feel like it's at least tangentially related to 
to Chetney, obviously. Like, yeah, if it's not that it's the one that turned him or, you know, it is him or anything necessarily, but there's definitely something juicy there. And I hope we get to, to find out some more, but yeah, I really don't have any ideas other than it just being like a very powerful arch fay equivalent, like entity of this land or something. Yeah. I does seem like we're going to run into it, but then again, I, I thought we would, I didn't expect to get to Melesmere so fast in the sense of like, we, we said it was possible like in one episode, but you know, Matt had described a week's long journey and like mentioned all the other factions that would be potentially present along the way. So I'd say 50, 50, this could be another one of those things where it's like, yeah, there's the wolf King. We never actually run into it, or it could be, you know, foreshadowing an encounter with, you know, whatever this is, that's kind of made its home in Melesmere. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, at the very, very least seems connected to Chet's lycanthropy, like from the yeah. Wolf King's clan is presumably somebody right. that bit him. Um, yeah. And that's my other thought was, is this like a, um, what was the name of the group that the, he visited and did like the ritual with? Um, um, was it the Gorgini? Yeah. I wondered if this was like the darker, you know, anti that, um, that was, you know, where if that, whereas that one's all about control and like honing and discipline, if this one was all about like, you know, pure chaos, like we see in Molesmere. Yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe it's not even like a lichen. Maybe it's just a wolf. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess it could, it could be. Um, or, you know, Dark Souls esque wolf, like that. Yeah. That elk with the human arms. Yeah. <laughs> so creepy. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'd love to hear y'all's thought, comment, <laughs> thoughts and <laughs> comments on this Wolf King thing. Um, very intrigued by that. Um, on the, uh, anything else on Chet for now? I don't think so. Okay. Um, for Malaysmere, just in general, you know, we're, we're kind of just, scratching the surface so there's not too much to discuss here but i'm just very interested to see what they're going to run into and what other creatures they might see was that elk creature at one point one of these these i forget what they were called not divine beasts that's exactly thinking that (laughs) Uh, but whatever whatever umahara was was this at one point one of those and has just been twisted and morphed by the curse here um or was this just like a normal elk? And that's like what's happened in the meantime. Right. Um, so I'm curious to find, um, just find more out. Uh, but it's very interesting that they hear like the whispers, like just in their ear, but nothing's there. And the, I think Matt described like the trees, you felt like they wanted to like grab you or stuff like yeah. that. Um, yeah, I'm ass- like they were moving or something. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that's just kind of ambience and playing into the fact of how like, Things don't pass on here, like spirits are trapped and just all that. But it would be interesting if it was something more concrete, like if there was like an entity or something that was following them or, you know, I don't, I don't think that's the case, um, but it would be interesting. Um, So I'm going to move away from Malaya Smear unless you got anything. Um, I did think it was interesting when, when Imogen summoned the thing. I thought I thought maybe something was going to go wrong or something would be different there. Didn't seem to be. 
it it seemed to still follow her commands and I think, I think look the same. Chetney asked, uh, like, can we trust it or something? Like, would it hurt us? And Imogen gave, gave kind of like a vague answer. And Chetney was like, okay, but will it hurt us? Right. Um, yeah, so I was expecting a little something different too. Um, um, it didn't like, I feel like it was like, didn't it say something or do something or I can't remember. She had it like make a noise as it was traveling to like, oh, okay. try and get attention of things. And I think it, you know, yeah. just made like a weird okay. screech. Um, but I don't think it did anything out of the ordinary that she didn't tell it to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's why what I'm thinking of then. Okay. Yeah. So not much to dissect there, but yeah, when she started to summon that, I, I figured I was worried something might happen. Like, you know, because of Rudis being drilled into or something, maybe it, they're not there to summon anymore because they're here or, you know, maybe wouldn't listen to her, but yeah, nothing like that happened. So I guess not too much to talk about. Um, I want to talk about uh, FCG and the commune scene. Um, but one thing before that really quick, I just thought was interesting is that FCG has the telepathic bond spell, um, which is a spell um, you mentioned calamity earlier. We saw it there, but it connects everyone's minds and lets them talk to right. each other, uh, yeah. which they were doing at the end of the episode there to not to be quiet so that they wouldn't, you know, right. attract anything. Uh, but it's normally a wizard spell. So um, I'm guessing then, it's just something with the kind of homebrew aspects of what Matt and Sam have cooked up and maybe he just has access to it. Um, but I thought it was interesting. Right. Well, that and Chetney casting Shatter. I think he might have access to that from the weapon. The scythe? Oh, yeah. okay. I think. Okay. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Okay. But yeah, but yeah, I, the, I don't know. I don't know why he has telepathic bond. Um, it it seems to fit, but it's fifth level. It seems so. to fit like his his character. You know, of like the therapy bot or whatever. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm reaching, but um. So I'm, I'm assuming it just has something to do with the homebrew areas of of his character. Um, yeah, but they're level eight or level nine. I think they're level eight. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, you get a divine domain feature at level eight. So maybe maybe that's what it is. Yeah, and we don't we don't have like the homebrew character sheet for his um for the empathy domain, I guess. Um so maybe maybe that's part of it. You get access to a couple of spells or that spell specifically. Yeah, that that would make sense. And they are they're level nine actually, I just found out. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> yeah, but that yeah, that checks out. I mean it's I'm sure it's something to that effect. Um, but yeah, and, just... and it has to be because at level nine, you have one fifth level spell slot as a cleric. He already casted commune. So he shouldn't have another spell slot because isn't telepathic bond fifth level? Um, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, it's fifth level also. So yeah, okay. So, so yeah, then that either either he made a mistake or it's something like from a feat or a like you said the divine thing. Um, yeah, 
It's definitely it has to be something. I feel like unless it's a mistake, because like I said, he only has one fifth level spell, and he casted commune with it. Very interesting. Which, by the way, we predicted on the podcast that he was going to take commune. So, another prediction on point. <laughs> <laughs> one of uh, few. That's right. Um, looking at the when I looked up what level they were, I. I'm reminded now that we got all the new artwork. Um, did you notice that? No. I didn't know if you were listening or watching when you ended up watching. Um, yeah, I've seen some mixed mixed comments about the new artwork. Um, which, you know, not that that's something we need to get into. Uh, but it does presumably mean we'll get new artwork for the other half of the party when we see them. So I wonder... Um, they didn't. They didn't end up getting clothes for the other crew that I recall. So I'm guessing the other team, at some point, might do some shopping themselves. Um. Okay. So the the commune spell. Not that there's like too much to dissect here or anything. Um. But I just thought it was really interesting and. We now, or we slash FCG now has like hard concrete proof and evidence that there is this God, the change ringer that is like, has this relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm curious what, what FCG does going forward. It seems like FCG needed a direction in their life found just kind of randomly picked the change ringer so it felt like and then you know has been flipping the coin ever since has kind of been steering his life based on that and now they have hard concrete proof that that that's like a real thing so i i kind of see fcg becoming like to cite back to our earlier conversation pretty religious um and maybe even something we talked about a few episodes back was like there hasn't really been in this grand question of like kill the gods or help the gods like we we didn't really have anybody firmly on team like well no we need to keep the gods around it seems like we now probably do um yeah right so i think that'll just be an interesting it'll be an interesting dynamic to have not i mean maybe that question's already maybe we're already past that question but i could still see this campaign coming to a moment of like of not like help or kill the gods necessarily, but that, that, that argument could still be like brought up and RP'd on. And I think now we have a really interesting perspective from, from FCG to share. And I think it's cool. I think it's cool coming from him also being what you would not quite expect to be the character to be the champion of (laughs) a deity. So I'm for it. I like it. Um, I did pull up his character sheet, by the way. Um, and he doesn't. He does not have. They have it updated from uh, just this last session at level nine. Um, and uh, he uh, only uh, doesn't get it from his character class. I think it was either a mistake or if you cast it as a ritual, it doesn't consume a spell slot. Is that right? Am I misremembering? Yeah. There's. Yeah. Yeah. Work? You can ritual cast something in it. Yeah. That's yeah, right. I think. I'm a, I'm assuming he ritual casted it and just since he didn't have the spell slot or maybe, maybe commune was ritually casted, which I don't know if commune can be, I don't know enough about these two spells. Um, but I think it was either mistake or went around the spell slot in some way. 
but uh, like I said, their character sheets are on on uh, crit roll stats. Okay, which is interesting. But yeah, interesting, uh, interesting conversation, I guess, with the change bringer. Um, you know, we thought when I joked earlier about making the call on this, we thought he might take commune at level five for, um, the ability to talk to the change bringer Mm -hmm. and, um, seemingly had that conversation now. Um, I'm, I'm really curious like how this relationship develops and like where we go from here. And he hasn't shared the conversation with the rest of the party either. Um, right. But no, he did. Did he? He did actually. Well, now I can't, I can't remember. I can't remember yeah, because uh, <laughs> it's been a while since I watched the first half of the episode. Uh, I don't remember. What's interesting though is one that it even worked. Yeah. Um, especially cause we have like the, the other accounts from the, I don't remember the character's name, but the, the, the priest or whatever of the Dawn father who has like not heard from their God. And is like, yeah, is like devastated by it. And yeah, clearly that person probably tried casting commune or whatever you want to call it in universe. So it's interesting that FCG like actually got an audience as it were. And, um, we got the answer yes to do we need help and you know matt described the figure like joining other figures as if like the gods are kind of like secluding themselves in a way um so i'm just curious like what's what's going on what are they doing are they is the reason for magic being offline or subdued not necessarily because of the solstice and whatever lewdness is doing, but maybe in some part, because the gods are retreating in a, in a sense. Right. You know, like to protect yeah. themselves. Um, little column it, a little column B. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems to line up with other things like Deanna describing the Dawn father, like pulling away. Um, that kind of language has been used quite a bit. So I have a hard time imagining a world that doesn't have any gods, like any deities whatsoever, because it creates some oddness around the cleric class specifically. And I think of also the paladin class, a little bit of the warlock class. Um, So I'm just wondering where this goes long-term. Do the gods leave and it creates like a power vacuum where now what has been a theme of, of, I'll just say, Exandria people wanting to ascend to godhood um which could create some really interesting plot threads or will there be a moment like you described where they have to decide are we going to defend the gods or not and there is sort of like this battle of the gods that they're part of or something <laughs> which i don't know but yeah i mean me neither it, it, we definitely have some really interesting like conflicts for lack of a better word lined up here to see what happens uh i just started thinking about the end of final fantasy 10 spoilers um where you kind of have to decide like if you're gonna continue the cycle you know of sin or like you know sacrifice your summons or whatever um i wonder i don't i don't think i don't think we're gonna culminate in a moment like that to me it seems like they've decided like they're helping the gods like i unless there's like some weird heel turn from imogen 
And mm. like Laudna's like, I'm with her. And I don't know, maybe, maybe there's something like that, but it seems like they've decided they're, they're here to help. Um, but it would be cool if there was like a, a, a choice and a moment like that. Um, I, I think, I think we seemingly have to be heading to some kind of moment like that. Cause if so many, again, not that it's prescripted, but the players have been kind of creating that tension. I feel like with Orum, we know Orum is team God mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, and we know there's uncertainty from him about Imogen. Yeah. And it will Imogen ally herself with her mom. Um, you know, to the point of basically going to Fern and being like, hey, if the moment comes, you're going to have to, yeah. you know, like this is your friend you're talking about, you know? And so, and then Orum, the last bastion of morality, you know, he's, such, he's ultimate dad is, you know, I'm not worried about you, Imogen. Yeah. You know, I think lying, but maybe not. I don't know. But I don't know. Yeah. It's just, just, it's just miss Liam. I know. Just, just saying that got me excited for like, just being with those characters and getting their perspective on, on everything that's happening right here. Like the conversations they're having. Um, yeah. I mean, we're, we're obviously building to some sort of conflict with this whole situation of, you know, the gods versus not, it'll just be interesting to see if that splits into a a party conflict at that point, which I guess it hinges on Imogen because I don't see anyone else for any reason taking a stand with, ridding mm-hmm. the world of the gods at this point yeah hmm. Hmm. crazy stuff um i think we maybe have one or two more episodes i know this is we keep doing this where it's like <laughs> what's the point but i do really do feel like i'd say one or two episodes to wrap up molesmere and then conclude back in town um if even they go back to town back to uthodern um i was gonna say do you think they're going to be that nice to us where it's like a clean cut? Like, Oh, we made it back to town. All right. See you guys. Like, or is it, it could be like a devastating cliffhanger. And then all of a sudden we're with the other group and we don't know what happened with them. I don't know. Honestly, I was so annoyed at the way we left the cliffhanger of the Apogee solstice that I feel like, I don't know if I want to do that again. Or it's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, Cut to the other group, like, all right, let's go find a town to be part of, you yeah. know, and it kind of restarts again. I don't know. I, I think the, the feeling, the pacing is going to be weird regardless. It's it's not easy to pull off. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, because it's not they're not going to meet up at the end of this arc. You know, we are getting an arc with the other group. So something right. has to happen that we leave them hanging. But maybe it is just like we go back to town. But I mean, presumably I mean, I guess not presumably. We don't know how they'll handle it. But when they all come back together, more than likely these guests aren't going to be there. So, like, will we see them split from Frida and Deanna at the end of our little arc here before we split to the other group? Or, you know, will they all be together last we see them? And then when Bell's Hells regroups, they're not. And we just get caught up to speed on what happened to them. Because, like... right. Frida and FCG are moving real quick. Like I don't see like, I don't see them just parting ways like naturally without like good reason. Um, Or if Frida pulls the self-sacrifice cord that they've been trying to pull. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, I could see it being a cliffhanger where something crazy happens, but it could easily right. just be not. Right. So yeah. All right. Uh, what else from this episode, by the way? Uh, I I think we covered most of the things I wanted to, unless you had anything else. No, I don't think so. I think that's everything. <clears throat> um, I'm just looking at these character sheets now, just out of curiosity. But that, nothing, so nothing interesting. When character sheets, you don't just mean like the picture with the stats, right? You have like an actual like, yeah, actual sheet with sheet. the feats and stuff. Yeah. Okay, I haven't seen that. I need to. I need to look at those too. Yeah. Interesting. So. All right, but yeah, we've got um, <clears throat> just a a little over a day until the next episode. Um, which I it is. It is with the same group. Uh, they at least when they tweeted their weekly schedule it was a uh, christian was in the picture so unless they're pulling like a i don't know what this was but yeah. unless they <laughs> unless they're pulling a whoopsie do it's it's definitely this still group this group still rather yeah. and um i'm with you i think we get maybe one or two more episodes with them yeah okay so this well, could uh, be the last one potentially with this it, group it could be it could be um it's really nice seeing the character sheet by the way for frida because I've been so confused as to, um, I thought Frida was a cleric in their first episode, and then when they would like action surge, I'd just be like, okay, wait. <laughs> but I think they're, yeah, okay, yeah, they are three classes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fighter, rogue, cleric. So makes a lot more sense. Just taking them all. Yeah. Which classes do you want? Yes. <laughs> all of them. All righty. Cool. All right. Well, let us know what you guys thought about the episode and your theories for tomorrow night's episode. And we will pick it up from there. Uh, thumbnail. Will, what do you think? Thumbnail. Um, maybe like, I don't know, maybe either like horrified or something like related to the, the goat killing or even the dark souls elk, I guess either one could be. I don't know. I kind of like the goat thing, but I don't know quite how we would pull it off. Mm. Um, I guess one of us could be like, <laughs> you know, memeing cutting the goat's throat or something. <laughs> It'd be hard to get it in frame, and that person's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, they may be like, <clears throat> yeah. All right, one person like sinister, the other for, person like horrified. Yeah, you're looking for a goat head around your room? I was seeing if I had like a knife or something, but I don't think I have one handy. I don't have your poop knife near you. <laughs> oh God, please no. Sorry. <laughs> don't look that up if you don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but all right. I guess we could just do that. Okay. Um, you got preference? I can be scared. All right. I'll be right. I'll be all sinister. Right. All right, cool. <laughs> works for me well we'll throw something together yeah who knows all right guys well thanks for tuning in today and for checking out the channel and we'll be back with more content down the road till next time y'all see ya <laughs>